This morning I want to talk a little bit about Christmas and, and really talk a little bit about everything else that we've already done here. Uh, I was thinking about the songs that uh, Warren and Julie chose and uh, so many of them talk not only about Christmas but they, uh, they talk about Easter. Um, that when we talk about Christmas we, we sometimes kind of confine it to that story um, but that story had such an incredible and triumphant victory and victorious end to it that we celebrate every Easter. Several weeks ago, I had a short conversation with uh, a man named Paul Gowdy. He's uh, a Willow Park church person. Um, we happened to just sort of cross paths in, in Starbucks, a, a place that I probably spend a bit too much time. But we had a short conversation about faith, uh, about life, about what we do, how we handle those things in life that don't necessarily have an easy answer, and those things in life to actually give an easy answer to would be almost somewhat insulting. And Paul used, Paul Gowdy, used the image of a mystery cupboard in our short conversations where he says we can place those things in life, those things even about faith, about what we believe, and we place those in the cupboard that holds the mysteries of God and the sovereignty of God. A cupboard that kind of acknowledges that God's ways and God's thoughts are infinitely higher, infinitely greater than my own. As I think over the past four and a half years of my involvement here at Creekside Church, and I want to say my personal cupboard holding the mysteries of Almighty God continues to grow. And you might expect it to be shrinking, that through study, through reading, through, through thinking about God himself and through pastoral experience that these mysteries should be gradually losing their mystery. But I want to say that's not so. And as I think about this ever-expanding cupboard that I want to say simply holds the mysteries of God, the more I embrace that cupboard. And if I was to put a label on it, I would simply put a big label on it that says faith. That my faith is actually built on things that I cannot see, and it's empowered by things that I do not fully understand. And I want to say that as that cupboard expands, so does my perspective on God himself. And I want to say that what draws me to that cupboard, and I pray that God this morning will draw you or maybe encourage you to create a cupboard that could hold the mysteries of God. But what draws me to that cupboard, I believe, is God himself. Because every mystery within inside that cupboard has been offered freely to us in the person of Jesus Christ. 
And I want to say the little bit I do understand about that breathes life into me every morning. The rest is going to be revealed to me through the glorious hope that we share as children of God. And I want to say for me the truth of Christmas. That simple story lies safely tucked inside this cupboard that holds the mystery and the sovereignty of Almighty God. That it's a mystery so far beyond my understanding that it calls me to embrace something, someone immeasurably greater than myself, the invisible God, creator of heaven and earth, who took on human form and walked among us. This miracle that we actually celebrate every Christmas, it's revealed in images that we recall, uh, we celebrate, and to some extent we understand it's about a baby, a stable. It's about shepherds, stars, gifts. Yet the truth and power of Christmas lie in those things, things that are unseen and beyond our understanding. And they have the power to connect us to God himself. And they have the power to change our lives. And so every year at this time we celebrate and we recall an incredible mystery. God choosing to reveal himself into human history. Into the very world he created. That th- Jesus took on the restrictions of time and space and humanity. That the divine became human. And in one way, there is such an ordinary human aspect to this story. And at the same time, everything about it is divine, supernatural, and extraordinary. It's beyond our human comprehension, and it simply declares the sovereignty of God. I want to say even the messengers who heralded this birth, angelic beings, which I would love to see, I want to say those angelic beings came from this cupboard that holds the mysteries of God. Conversation of an angel with Mary. He says, you are honored very much. You are a favored woman. I think there might be slides for this, Randy. The Lord is with you. You are chosen from among many women. And when Mary saw the angel, she was troubled at his words. And she thought about what had been said. And the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. See? You are to become a mother and have a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the place where his early father David sat. He will be king over the family of Jacob forever, and his nation will have no end. I I want to say for Mary, that must have been an incredible, Experience And Mary says to the angel, and it's such an ordinary, obvious question. She says, how will this happen? 
I have never been with a man. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will cover you. And the holy child you give birth to will be called the Son of God. So much of that story that seems so ordinary, so human, this young, probably teenage girl being spoken to by angels of God. And Mary said, I'm willing to be used of the Lord. Let it happen to me as you have said. And the angel went away from her. You know, there are so many questions that Mary could have asked. So many explanations she could have requested. But her simple response indicates that I think Mary had plenty of room in that cupboard that holds the mysteries and power of God. That Mary truly believed that what is impossible with our own understanding is possible with God. Joseph, a young man about to be married, finds that his fiancée is pregnant. I am not sure how any young man would handle that news. Most human responses would likely have questioned Joseph's integrity. But here again is the mystery of God at work. And the angel that spoke to Mary, and I want to say the angel that spoke to Joseph in a dream, those angels come from the cupboards holding the mystery and the sovereignty of Almighty God. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. Did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We read that so often and just keep on reading. And I think about that and think, wow, how does that even happen? talks about the mystery and sovereignty and power of Almighty God. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until the son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. I want to say Joseph had every reason to second guess whether that dream was true. To have his doubts Yet Joseph simply did as he was told. And I want to say Joseph, like Mary, had plenty of room in his personal cupboard of faith. There is so much of this story that is earthly and kind of natural. And so much of this story that is heavenly and supernatural. I think of the shepherds. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared around them. And the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I want to say that great news of 
great joy continues to be proclaimed and offered to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the heavenly, sorry, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. It says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. I don't doubt that. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for they all had for all they had heard and seen, and it was just as the angel had told them. Think about that, a group of shepherds, a vocation with likely zero glamour. Yet God chose to shine his glory on them. To reveal his plan of redemption and salvation to shepherds, shepherds out in the fields, surrounded by a host of angelic beings. Incredible. The setting, you might say, is so natural. It's just shepherds in a field. Yet the event is so incredible. And the verse says that Mary thought about these things. She pondered them. I want to say I believe Mary was continuing to expand her cupboard that holds the mysteries of Almighty God. And the shepherds broadcast it to everybody they met. I want to say God revealed his plan through very ordinary people in order that very ordinary people can share in what is supernatural and eternal. When I think about this story, there's humility written all over this story. The people the town, the circumstances, all of it, so humble. And I want to say humility became the trademark of the life of Jesus for the next 30 years. That if you read Luke 2 and the humble birth of God in human form, and you read Philippians 2 that talks about the life of Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, who became a servant to the very world that he created, you and me, willing to suffer the humiliation of death by crucifixion in order that we could embrace newness of life and life eternal. It's a humble story, but I want to say this entire story is a story of hope. It says Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth. You know, I, I think, I don't know too much about this, but babies are generally or often swaddled in order to calm them. But the very 
aspect of swaddling actually restricts the baby. And I want to say the story of Jesus and his life is a story of Jesus' willingness to take on all the restrictions of what it means to be human, to give up the privileges of heaven, to take on human form, take on the form of a servant to humanity and suffer the humiliation of death on a cross. But I want to remind us this morning, this was not the only time that Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth. If you fast forward 30 years or so, we see and we hear and we read this when hearing that the body of Jesus was not in the tomb, Peter and John raced to see, and as they looked into the tomb, what did they see? Strips of cloth in which the body of Jesus had been wrapped were lying loosely on the ground. And the women who had gone first to pay their respects, who were they met by? They were met by angels Men appeared in dazzling white who asked such a profound question, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He is not here. He's risen. I want to say that's the hope that Christmas points us to. So much of the story, as I said, is down to earth, and yet so much of the story belongs in the cupboard holding the mystery and the power of the invisible God who became one of us. And the Bible acknowledges that in order for us to come to God, we have to come by faith. I want to say if we take these mysteries out of that cupboard, if we try to explain them, we will likely mess them up and we will miss and lose their power. The invisible God chose to become one of us. I want to say, don't try to make it anything other than what it is, the amazing story of God's heart for a broken world, broken people. And he offers forgiveness. He offers salvation. And the glorious hope of everlasting life. I want to say the empty tomb and those strips of cloth lying on the ground speak to what lies ahead for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the Bible says that because of Jesus' willingness to humble himself that God has actually highly exalted him. Above all things... And I want to say that if we acknowledge our sins, accept the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, we too will literally, not figuratively, literally share in his resurrection. This is absolutely amazing. I received an email yesterday or the day before uh, from Mike, Mike Traz. 
And as you know, those of you that are part of our church family, that his father has recently been diagnosed with a very rare uh, type of cancer. Um, it apparently has two different DNAs involved in, in that, whatever that means. I don't want to pretend to understand that either. But it's an inoperable form of cancer. Without treatment, Mike's dad was given a few weeks to maybe a few months. With treatment, there's a 50-50 chance that his life could be prolonged to, let's say, perhaps a year. And so uh, Mike's dad, Martin, and his uh, lovely wife and family are heading down that path starting tomorrow with aggressive chemo. But I want to say what I read an email that was from Mike's dad. He said, spiritually, I'm okay. Physically, I struggle. And he struggles with pain. He struggles with not being able to sleep. And he struggles with the thought of leaving behind such an amazing family, grandchildren. But he says, spiritually, I'm okay. His dad is talking about that hope that lies within each one of us as children of God that we will literally share in the resurrection power of Jesus. I want to wrap it up. When I thought about the story of ordinary people, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds, you know, it's not like they suddenly turned into super people or super shepherds. Mary and Joseph went from interactions with angels back to the very ordinary demands of carpentry work and parenting. The shepherds went from being surrounded by a host of angels back to their humble vocation surrounded by very ordinary flocks of sheep. But the Bible says they did so glorifying and praising God. And I want to say I believe God wants us this Christmas to take the truth of Christmas. God in human form come to the earth for you and me Place it firmly in our hearts by faith. And he says to each one of us, go and praise and glorify God in the ordinary situations in which he has placed you. Do it. Praising and glorifying God. I want to say if, if, if this is new to you, I simply encourage you to begin maybe this Christmas, maybe for the first time, to begin constructing a cupboard that is willing perhaps to consider the mysteries of God. Because these mysteries, quite literally, are meant for every one of us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, and I'm going to say for the people of Lake Country, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we celebrate this time of year, I just pray, God, that by your Spirit, who speaks into our lives in so many different ways,
Father, would you continue to speak into our lives about the amazing truth of Christmas. God in human form, giving his life for those that he created in order that we can experience life with him. Father, you chose such an ordinary way to reveal what is such an unbelievable and extraordinary plan. Would you speak that truth, I pray, into our hearts and minds this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.